Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. You talk about perseverance doing its perfect work. Getting through tulip time and still showing up at church. Perseverance in my book. We got it. Uh, for those of you uh, who may be fairly new to the auditorium service, we have at the back by the coffee pot a list of everybody who's kind of like, you know what, the auditorium is my family. That's my jam. This is where I'm coming to worship. So if you would like to be recognized just as, as a person who's going to make this auditorium your, your place for worship, we have some sheets back there just to get your contact information. We occasionally send out some communication about what's going on and want to make sure that we're communicating clearly. So just uh, fill one of these out and leave it at the table, and we'll pick it up after the service. If your name is already on the list, there's a list there you can look through, uh, but any of the information is changed, again, just give us the new information, and we'll get that changed. Awesome. Uh, I am so excited to introduce a new teacher to us who's probably not new to some of you. C.J. Neuendorp grew up here at 3rd, and I had an opportunity to uh, hang out with C.J. and have lunch with him. Come on up, C.J. And uh, he went out to California, uh, went to seminary, got married to Bethany, who's here. They've been worshiping here in the auditorium uh, for the, the last month or two. And so CJ is going to bring the word, and he's going to be with us a couple of times this summer in this season. So I just want to bless you, CJ. And then, uh, yeah, just let me pray a quick prayer. God bless CJ as he brings your word this morning. Thank you that you have brought him home uh, in this season to share the word with us. Watch over him, speak through him, empower him by your Holy Spirit. Bring your word through him. In the name of Jesus, amen. And CJ is going to uh, lead us. Woo. Lead us in our pastoral prayer of the morning and our Lord's Prayer. That's right. There can never be too much prayer. So let's pray once again. Jesus, we come to you this morning and we're so grateful that you're a God of love and grace. And teach us again this morning how we can be people that are filled, filled with more of you in our lives. That we might spill that out as your disciples to act and think and speak like you, Jesus, because your home is in our hearts and you're living in us and now through us. And as your disciples, God, we're praying together now the prayer that you taught your disciples first and foremost, your brothers and sisters and friends using the words of the Lord's Prayer. And join me and I think the words, they are on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well. We're going to be going through a long section of James this morning. James 2, verse 14, all the way through the end of chapter 3. But the section that I wanted to look at a little bit more closely today is the section on taming the tongue. And as I was thinking about that section, all I could think about was old mint gum commercials, specifically a brand called Orbit. If you've ever, I think they're still around, Orbit gum. But when I was growing up, Orbit had commercials where people were just about to say some of those four-letter words we shouldn't often say. 
And right before they would say those choice four-letter words, there would be this lady who would jump in and she would present them with a pack of Orbit gum and they would chew on that piece of Orbit gum, smile with the brightest white teeth you've ever seen, and then they would say, Orbit cleans another dirty mouth. Anybody? That's my best, that is my best British accent, everybody. So you're gonna have to put up with it. So I thought about that, but then, then I took it a step thir- further and I thought about growing up in the Noondorp household, there was a, a version of Orbit gum, but it wasn't Orbit gum. And it was when, as kids, we decided to use any of those choice words. And it wasn't Orbit gum, it was actually just soap. And so soap was in the mouth, but specifically sometimes a bar of soap. And a bar of soap was a really, it was perhaps the best or the worst tool, depending on how you look at it, because it left little bits of soap in between your teeth to remind you later that having a clean mouth was something that was, that was good. But today what we're gonna look at is the fact that it's not something from outside that cleans our mouth so that we speak like Jesus. It's not putting soap in the mouth. It's not putting minted fresh gum in, but rather it's what we're listening to is how we're thinking and it's what's in our hearts that comes out of us that has us speaking like Jesus. So we can't clean it just by sticking some soap in our mouth or some gum, but we have to look at how we're thinking and what we're hiding in our hearts so that we can think and speak and act like Jesus. And so today as we walk through our passage, I, I encourage you, if you brought your Bibles, bring them, pull them open. We're going to be in James chapter 2, 14 through the end of chapter 3. And there's three sections that you'll probably see when you're looking at that. The first one is titled Faith and Deeds. The next one is called Taming the Tongue. And then Two Kinds of Wisdom. And I was going to go one way, but I'm going a different way. So we're going to work our way actually from, from the end to the beginning almost in this. So let's start and let's look at James chapter 3. Starting, and we're going to look at verse 13 to begin with. Because James is speaking to his listeners, to his readers, to the disciples of Jesus, and he, he asks them this question. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. So let's just stop and look at that verse. Because what James is challenging the people here is he's saying, if you want to be a wise person an understanding person, a wise disciple of Jesus, if you want to have a good life with good deeds, you're going to be acting like and speaking like Jesus. Where does that come from? Well, he says it comes from wisdom. But what kind of wisdom? Well, jump down with me to verse 17 because this is where James says, the wisdom that we want is the wisdom that comes from heaven. And it's first of all pure, and then it's peace-loving, Considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Now, as you think about those words and and listen to those words that James is giving his hearers, maybe for some of you they sound familiar. Pure, peace-loving, submissive, considerate. And if they sound familiar to you, it's because they should have sounded familiar to the listeners and it's because they're the words of Jesus. See, James got, got to know Jesus by being his brother, and then James had heard the words of Jesus. And so he was starting to think with the wisdom of Jesus. The wisdom that comes from heaven is Jesus' wisdom, and it's actually Jesus' wisdom from the Sermon on the Mount. I want to read to you 
the Sermon on the Mount, and specifically a section that's, that's fairly well known. It's called the, the Beatitudes, or the section where Jesus speaks about those who are blessed. And as I read this, I want you to th- listen and see if any of the wisdom words that James gives are in what Jesus is saying. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, or blessed are the submissive, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who seek to be full of mercy and good fruit. They will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, the peace-loving people, for they will be called children of God. See, see right there, you see James is just using the words of Jesus because he's been listening to the words of Jesus and so he's asking his listeners to start thinking like he's trying to think with just to think like Jesus, to think with the words of Jesus. And what I wanna start by challenging us this morning is to, to ask you, what words are you listening to? And how is it leading you to think? What words are you listening to consistently and easily and repeatedly? Because Pastor Kevin and the other teachers have been asking us as, as disciples of Jesus that we're to be people who act and speak and think like Jesus easily and consistently and repeatedly. And the thing I want you to ask yourself is the, the things that you're listening to, the people that you're listening to, the news outlets you're listening to, the social media that you're reading, would you describe it as pure? peace-loving? Are the news anchors you listen to submissive and considerate, impartial, sincere? The social media you look at, the phone you scroll to, are the things you're looking at, are they, are they full of good fruit and mercy? Because I think that today we can only start to get a hold on our tongues and start to speak like Jesus if we're thinking like Jesus. And when we can only think like Jesus if we're listening to and reading the words of Jesus consistently, easily, and repeatedly. And I gotta be honest with you, in my life, it's not the way it looks most of the time. Most of the time, I'm trying to live like a Christian on what I'm gonna call a tulip time diet, expecting to run a marathon. You maybe know the tulip time diet. Eat whatever you want, whenever you want, as long as you got the cash in your pocket. But if I said that I was gonna eat a tulip time diet six days of the week, and on the seventh day I was gonna run a marathon, you'd call me crazy. But I think a lot of times in my life, that's the way I operate in my life with Jesus. I think for six days of the week, I'm gonna scroll through my phone whenever I'm bored. I can look at whatever social media I want. I'll listen to the news on whichever is my preferred side of the aisle as long as I want to. And then I'm gonna turn around and because, because I'm CJ, whoa, I went to seminary, I'm gonna be able to filter all of that and I'm still gonna be speaking like Jesus and acting like Jesus. That's my expectation. The reality is so much different because I'm putting a tulip time diet of wisdom into my brain and into my heart and expecting to speak and act like Jesus. 
So my question for you this morning is, what's your diet? Do you have a diet of Jesus to be a disciple of Jesus? Or are you trying to live off of a diet of the world and being a disciple of the world? Our world desperately needs some disciples of Jesus. And I think too often times we're disciples of Facebook, disciples of TikTok, disciples of Fox News, disciples of MSNBC, disciples of Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max and Disney Plus. We're gonna be disciples of something, but we can only start speaking like his disciples and acting like his disciples if we're thinking like his disciples. And you can only think like his disciples if you're dwelling on and taking in the words of Jesus. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the way of the wicked or take the path that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of living water, which yields its fruit in season. As Jesus says, those who are in my scriptures and have the Holy Spirit, streams of living water will flow from them and through them. Are streams of living water flowing out of our mouths to people? What's coming out of our mouths? Well, Jesus says what, uh, what James points us back to the words of Jesus. If you go back with me to verse, verses 11 and 12. James asks his listeners, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. James is, is trying to tell his readers something. He's trying to point them to the natural order of things. If you have a salt water spring, it doesn't produce fresh water. If you have a fig tree, you're not going to be picking olives off of it. And if you have a grapevine, you're not going to be picking figs off of it. And these words that James is offering his listeners, they should have sounded familiar because they were the words of Jesus that he was just repeating a different way. See, Jesus, when he spoke to his disciples and those who wanted to follow him, he said in Luke 6, verses 43 through 45, he says, No good tree bears good fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. And here, listen for the similarity to what Jesus is saying and what James is saying. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So what are our hearts full of? What are our hearts full of? Your hearts and our minds, they got a limited capacity. There's limited space in there. And the thing is, we have to be a little bit ruthless, I think. Because they'll fill up with a whole lot of wisdom and a lot of words that probably aren't those of Jesus if we'll let it. Because when I'm tired and when I'm shall I even say lazy, when I'm uncomfortable, when I don't feel well, I eat junk food, right? I snack. And I think a lot of times in our lives too, we do the same thing in our spiritual walk. We're tired, we're lazy, we're, we're, we're out of sorts. And instead of going back to the living word of God, the words of Jesus that James is telling us, you gotta get this in you, we go other places because it's easier, because it's faster, 
Because it feels like if I, if I read this or if I know this, then I'll be able to control something in my life. We don't got control. Jesus does. We don't. Let's run to the one who's got control of our lives and who loves us. To Jesus over and over and over again. You know, I think what came to mind for me when I think about how we think and what we're hearing and then what we're speaking I thought about my nieces and nephews, and many of you maybe have kids and you've, you've been through this, but we repeat what we hear, right? We repeat what we hear. And you see this through kids a lot. I'm what's, I, I don't have kids of my own yet, but I'm what's known, I think, as the fun uncle. And as the fun uncle, it is my job to give many high fives followed by down low, too slow. <laughs> down low, too slow. But Uncle CJ's got a catchphrase, and it's when you miss him on download too slow, I go, hey oh, hey oh. Now, whenever I walk into the house of my nieces or my nephews, guess who wants to play high five down low? And guess what they say when I'm too slow? Hey oh, hey oh, hey oh, hey oh. We repeat what we hear. And the thing is, I think it's cute when we're young and we think, oh, that's so fun. You're still doing it today. I'm still doing it today. I'm gonna repeat with my mouth what I'm hearing with my ears and what I'm reading. So what am I reading and what am I hearing? Because what I'm putting in and what I'm listening to, that's how I'm gonna speak. And I need to, I want to speak like Jesus. And in order to do that, I gotta be planted in the word of God. I gotta have my roots down deep and I gotta, I gotta know this. And James is, uh, he's pretty clear that our words and speaking like Jesus can have really big blessings and if not, really big destruction, right? If you go with me to verses, um, track with me here, verse five, chapter three, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. And then down in verse nine, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. This, this uh, imagery is supposed to be powerful and it is. And it definitely is for me as living in almost the past 10 years in Southern California, the image of a small spark lighting a huge forest fire I mean, that's a yearly basis in California now. And it's, it's so amazing and sad how such small things can have such huge consequences. There's, I can think of one story specifically in which uh, a, a family had a gender reveal party in a fire-prone area and they lit off pyrotechnics. 22,000 acres, a bunch of homes destroyed, a firefighter died, small spark, great destruction, right? Our tongues are so powerful. That's what James is trying to get. Our tongues are so powerful and they can cause such destruction with a stray remark, with words that don't sound like Jesus, with, with attacking words, right? And we often said in my household growing up, and I, I think it maybe seems simplistic, but, but garbage in, garbage out, right? So if, we're, if we have anger coming in through our ears, we speak with anger out and that can cause such great destruction or pride that comes in and pride that comes out. 
but we wanna get the words of Jesus down deeply in us so we can be like that tree planted by streams of living water and that living water can flow from us and through us. You know, some of the, the most powerful moments in life can come uh, and blessings can come through words as well. I could, share, I could share lots of stories, but I'm sure you have stories. I want you to think about it right now. Hopefully there's been a time where somebody blessed you or they gave you, maybe they prayed over you. They gave you a, a word of encouragement in a hard time. And I bet that stuck with you. And James says, if we want to be disciples, we, it's going to be fresh water or it's going to be salt water. And we want to be people of living water, fresh water, blessing, blessing, blessing those around us. So we're thinking like Jesus more. So we're trying to speak like Jesus more. And going all the way back to James 2 as I go from back to front, now we're supposed to start acting like Jesus too, right? It's a, it's a somewhat famous passage in the Bible for a lot of people who have grown up as, as Christians, and it's, it's, it's summed up probably most succinctly by James saying, faith without works is dead. James is saying, as the body without the spirit is dead, if you're supposed to have the faith of Jesus, but you're not living like Jesus, it's dead. And the thing that came to mind for me in this is that our behavior reveals what we believe in our hearts. Our behavior reveals what we believe. And this passage can, I'm gonna close and I wanna close by talking about grace because I don't wanna get this passage or anything that I'm saying confused. But I think that this passage a lot of times when, um, when we look about it and we think about faith without works, behavior reveals what we believe. And so what I think about is I'm a diehard Iowa State Cyclones fan. Didn't even lose it. I know it puts me at odds with probably like three quarters of the auditorium. So we're all sinners in need of a savior, I know. But I am a Cyclone fan. Now, if I told you that I'm a Cyclone fan, and then you watch me and I, I didn't root for the Cyclones. I don't watch any of their games. I don't wear or buy any of their gear. I don't ever try to get a ticket to go to any of their games. I'm not ever thinking about the Cyclones. I'm never talking about the Cyclones. Would you call me a Cyclone fan? I don't think so. And that's what James is trying to get at here. He's saying, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, then let's be acting like Jesus, right? Amen. He's saying that if we're disciples of Jesus, then we should be living like Jesus. And in our, in our culture and, and in, in, uh, in America, I think, what Pastor Kevin's getting at is that it's really easy to say, I'm a Christian. It's a lot harder to say, I'm a disciple of Jesus and I'm trying to live like him each day. It's much easier to be a, a Pharisee who, who says a lot of the right things, but we can't just speak like Jesus, now we gotta act like Jesus too. You see, it's, it's all connected here. James is saying it's not just thinking, it's not just speaking, it's also acting. We gotta do all these things together if we're gonna be disciples of Jesus. They're all connected. Jesus said this when he was talking about people who, who gave a lot of lip service to him but didn't have a lot of leg service to him. These people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. Behavior reflects what we believe. Behavior reflects what we believe. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many 
kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance, develops spiritual toughness. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What's gonna happen as we walk out of here, as we go into our lives and we encounter hard situations? Will we be disciples of Jesus who are trying to think like him, filling our minds up with his words so that we can speak like him, so we can act like him? When you get squeezed, what comes out of you? If you squeeze a lime, what do you get? Lime juice. If you squeeze a lemon, what do you get? Lemon juice. An orange? If you squeeze the disciple of Jesus, what should you get? Jesus. That's why James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you get squeezed by life. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops spiritual toughness. Makes you like Jesus. Jesus went through hard times. Just reading Acts this week, Peter and James and John, they, they go and they're speaking about Jesus and then they get, they get flogged and they get whipped and they, they, they consider it joy that they were able to suffer disgrace for his name. I read that and I went, holy cow, I got some, I got some growing to do. What happens when we squeeze us? What is the heart full of? What's gonna come out of us? So I think I've probably been, I've, I, I think I've given you enough there, but now I wanna close and I wanna talk about grace. Because I was preparing the sermon and, and this is what I felt the Holy Spirit said that I should say. And I didn't want to because I feel like hypocrite number one up here saying this. It's been a season of life where I would not characterize uh, my diet as the diet of Jesus. I would say it's been a season where I've had a lot of the diet of the world. And I've been thinking a lot like the world. And I think it's led me at times to speak a lot like that and act a lot like that. And so it, it, it's kind of difficult when you're in that place and then you feel like this is the passage that, that God gives you and then you're supposed to tell a bunch of people. So hypocrite number one this morning is gonna go home and look at what my diet is and what's, what's going in my head and what's going in my heart so that when I get squeezed, what comes out. And I think, I don't know about any of you, but... Um, Part of that, I felt distant. And whenever you feel distant from God, for me, it's, I wanna be, it almost pushes me further from God. So the less diet of Jesus I have, the less I'm taking his words in, the less I run to this when I desperately need it the most. And so I don't, if anybody else is there this morning, I'm just here to say, um, it's okay. And we're all in the same club, and I'm grateful for Jesus. The, hard th the, the challenge of faith without works is dead, and living like Jesus is, is that I can say all this to you this morning, and I don't want it to feel like or hear like I'm telling you, go home, and you got to get a plan, and it's, it's going to have to be all your effort 
to pull yourself up and to get the right words in here so that you can, you can live like Jesus. That's what I feel like I'm saying, and so I want to close by saying it's grace. It's by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, but it's by grace I've been saved. And the thing about getting the words of Jesus in our head and our heart, it's not like, I gotta do this so I can speak like this, so I can live like this, but it's rather, I wanna spend time with the one who loves me so that I can love like him. I remember there was this, um, this gentleman I really respected at our last church, and he didn't always follow Jesus. And he's, he, he said, every morning I wake up and I try to let myself be fathered by the Father. And, I, and that stuck with me. And, but maybe that doesn't stick with you. Maybe you didn't have a good father. Maybe the idea of Jesus or God being our heavenly father, maybe that's hard for you. But letting ourselves be fathered by the Father, letting ourselves be loved by the one who loves us, letting ourselves experience grace from the grace giver, letting ourselves be blessed by the blesser. I want. I want today to be a challenge and a call to be people who think like Jesus and speak like him and act like him, but not out of our own power, but because we are receiving the grace and love and mercy of Jesus daily through his word and just through him because he loves us. You know, we spend time in our lives with the people that we love and that we know love us. When, when, I, when I get a choice with how I spend my time, I want to spend it with the people who I know love me, who are going to show love to me, hopefully so that I can love them. And that's what Jesus wants from us. And that's what Jesus did himself. He's not asking us to do anything that he didn't do. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus went off to a solitary place and he prayed. And he spent time with his father. Because Jesus needed to be fathered by the Father. I need to be fathered by the Father. Disciples of Jesus are going to, um, they're going to, they're going to change, they, we have the power to really change the world and change our relationships and our situations by what we're willing uh, by how we're willing to live. And if we can get near to Jesus, we're gonna be disciples of Jesus who shine like stars in the universe, it says, who are light of the world, who are salt of the earth. And so today it's to start by asking yourself, what are you taking in? What are you taking in? And how is that leading you to speak and to act and to think? And do, do, do we need a reevaluation? I need a reevaluation. Do we need a reevaluation of that? so that we can act and think and speak like Jesus on a daily basis. So I'm gonna, I don't know how this always works at the end here, so I'm gonna close and I'm gonna invite the worship team up uh, for reflect. I gotta look at my, how does this work here? Talk to me, Mike. We, we, you guys play, right, now?
Yes. Okay. The worship team is going to play a few songs, and I think they'll um, put some reflection questions on the screen right now that maybe you want to look at and then think about as we're singing and, and praising God together. What words are you ingesting on a daily basis and entering your heart? What sources do you need to reevaluate and minimize? What is your daily Bible reading plan? What's your daily words of Jesus reading plan? Do you have one? How could you start easily, consistently, and repeatedly? Maybe it's a verse. Maybe it's a few verses. Whatever you can do to consistently, easily, and repeatedly get Jesus' words in us so that we're thinking like Jesus and speaking like him and acting like him. In close, Jesus is full of grace and love. Coming to him today, what do you need? How could Jesus bless you? How could he fill you up? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not by our own power or our own works. It's by grace we're saved. So as the worship team plays, let's, let's praise God. And then I think also there's people that serve communion at some point in time. And I know that there's the place of prayer down the way. I'm still learning how this all works here. But I know that if you need prayer, there's going to be a great place to be prayed for today, to receive more of God's grace and love. And maybe it's today you want to start trying to think like Jesus and acting like Jesus and speaking like Jesus to fill yourself up with a little bit of Jesus. Strength for the journey to, to receive communion, to receive Jesus so that we can go out and live like Jesus. But let me close in prayer and then let's sing together. Jesus, I'm so, so, so grateful that you invite us into relationship with you so that we can go out and live as your disciples in this world. The world desperately needs you, Jesus, and desperately needs disciples who look like you. So today, would you challenge us, Holy Spirit, graciously challenge us. How can we receive more of you and your words, your wisdom in our lives so that we can think like you, so that we can speak like you, so that we can act like you? Jesus, come to our hearts because some of us are tired and weary. Many of us are going through hard trials and difficult seasons and we need your love and we need your grace and we need to be reminded that you're willing and would love to meet with us every single day so that we can receive your love, that we can be graced by the grace giver, blessed by the blesser. So Holy Spirit, come now, minister to our hearts, and teach us to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.